Blog Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there. Yeah, I saw that bird pick a young deer off the road and fly away. And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the bridge, not really having any clue of storing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and look back, and that's when I thought I saw one. It's actually attacked two railroad workers, uh, killed livestock. You know, just a lot of weird stuff that was going on. This is your host, Gunnar Monson, also founder of the Sasquatch Coffee Company. You can uh, check us out at www.sasquatchcoffee.com. And uh, I actually was in uh, Cabela's a couple days ago and spoke to uh, Curtis Fuller, the manager there at the new Tualatin one in, uh, in, uh, in Tualatin. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and we talked a little bit about uh the coffee. I had actually dropped them off some samples and and a foot uh, cast. So we chatted a little bit and and we were talking about the pro. There's a process that you use to, you know, uh, present product to to Cabela's and it isn't isn't direct with stores. But uh, I learned learned a little bit uh, and that uh, he was a great guy and and uh, my. Uh, Girlfriend Susan and I were on our way out to meet up with Shane and and some other friends up in uh, the area where Shane had his encounter. And uh, with me today, speaking of Shane, um, how are you, buddy? Doing well, Gunner. Doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I've recovered from uh, our our trip out to uh, in the Mount Hood National Forest uh, mm-hmm. out by the area that you. You had your uh, sighting, which um, it's, it was cool to be there, and, and I got a chance to talk to you, you know, and, and you were describing uh, the day leading up to, to the events. And uh, it, it's always fun to go to the place where, where uh, an event occurred and, uh, have, and talk to the witness. So um, that was awesome, and yeah. thanks again for inviting us. Um, didn't have anything. We didn't have anything swatchy happen. Um, did you guys hear anything? We kind of 
split up in the morning and went our separate ways. Did you guys have a any kind of activity in, uh, on your side of the lake? Not really. It was really uh, one of those quiet, really just quiet nights. Uh, really didn't have anything to write home about. You know, uh, I, at one point in the early morning, uh, I was awoken to, you know, something down the trail what it was, I have no idea. My my wife actually, you know, she she came along with us this time around, and um, she heard some. She woke me up and said, you know, there's something on the trail. I don't know what it is, but it sounds like you know someone's going down the trail. And I listened. I didn't hear anything. Um, I'm yet to listen to that portion of audio to see if I could figure out what was, uh, you know, what she heard or what I heard. But other than that, it was really quiet. You know, uh, we did find one interesting impression. Uh, you know, in a, a a few other oddities. I, I I did a little bit more hiking around the area and discovered another lake that I wasn't uh, I've seen on maps, but I wasn't aware how close it was to the area that we camped in, which was uh, which was really neat because uh, there's another little lake in that area that I wasn't uh, quite uh, I've never seen before. So, but uh, what was your Gunner? What was your impression of the area and and just you know uh, being out there the first time? You know what what was your impression of the area? Um, no, it's a uh, vast, vast forest. I mean, there, you drive out, the, the drive out to it was, uh, uh, I mean, it's, you're out of, you're not, you're off the map or off the grid. You're not, you know, there's, um, and you're just surrounded by miles and miles of forest. Um, very cool. I mean, it's uh, a great area. Uh, was very quiet. I mean, other than uh, in the evening, there was a lot of frogs, you know, Croaking, and, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's it's I I, I guess driving in, of course, I was it's, oh the Sasquatchy. I mean, if they you know <laughs> if they they if they do exist, I, there'd be no reason for them to not be in that area. So, and I happen to know you know a, a buddy of mine that had a an encounter right at that lake. So um, we know they're up there. So um, yeah, yeah, it's and, a, it's a and killer area. And- and this time of year, it's, it's actually more, this time of year is a little bit more quiet time of year. I, there are a few reports from this area and whatnot. It's later on uh, in the warmer months that you get, you know, apparently more activity. Of course, you get more mosquitoes, which makes it a little more, less tolerable, but uh, it's uh, that's just when you got to be out there, I believe. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was a, a, a pleasant evening. I mean, it got a little chilly at night, but uh, we were cozy in the tent, you know, I had an had brought enough uh, to stay warm, so yeah, it was it was a good time. Um, and you know, you, it's funny you don't you go out and you hope something happens, but but you learn just as much uh, when when uh, something doesn't happen. And then, uh, like you said, we haven't you know we've got eight ten hours of audio to to go through, and I had a couple of recorders on my side, so until I until uh, uh, I get a chance to go through it. Uh, we'll yeah. see. Maybe you, you never know what you don't hear. I mean, it's just like the the night you were, you know, in the LP and and got that ch- chest slapping sound. I mean, it um, might could be something. Um, we know they're stealthy, so yeah, yeah, um, no, exactly. Audio. That's why audio is, you know, really. Uh, you know, I I really love audio because it does pick up, you know, um, things you don't hear. You know. For example, you know, if you place audio on the field and you have a plane cross over uh, overhead, you know, uh, 
uh, you'll hear it in person, but man, odd, the recorders pick that uh, that airplane flying over just like a rocket. It's you know, and so uh, and it, you know, <clears throat> audio is directional, so you can pick up a lot of a uh, lot of good stuff on audio that you just don't hear in person. Yeah, um, we're still waiting for. I I don't see that uh, summer has signed in yet. I was trying to get a hold of her before the show. Um, and, uh, yeah. I so far haven't been able to, I don't know what's going on. Um, I had confirmed with her last week and earlier, um, this week, but so we'll just, we'll try, we can, uh, wait and see if she comes on. I'm going to check. Uh, we got a caller on here. Um, and let me check and see who they are. Maybe, maybe she's got a number I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. Hey, area code nine two five. This is Gunner. Hey, Gunner. Hi, hey. yeah, it's Tom Tom Yamaron. Oh, hey, Tom. You know, I've, I've heard of that guy. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> oh, great, great. Just thought I'd call in and listen to your interview with Summer. And I've been joined with, <laughs> I missed about a minute as uh, uh, here in the kitchen getting the Cinco de Mayo enchiladas ready. But, uh, yeah, uh, right. hey, so you guys went out to the, the the Cascades this weekend or last weekend? We did. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, the Friday night we were up by, you know, out of Estacada. So I just I, I don't know how public uh, Shane uh, shares his location. Oh, so. no worries. <laughs> I I happen to be talking with uh, Cliff, a friend of mine, you know, earlier today. Uh-huh. So he uh, cool. was just saying there was other activity in another area that. I guess he went out with Joe Bielart and looked at where a witness had a sighting last Thursday. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, and Joe's that was along the, the Clackamas. Yep, it's a hot, yeah, hot, we drove along, hot area. Yeah, so, we drove along the Clackamas to get to where we were going. I know Joe's uh, going to be the speaker at Hop Squatch this month, talk about his new book, which is pretty exciting. So, um and uh, I talked. I I messaged Joe earlier this week, and he said he'd come on and and uh, talk to us after uh, on Monster X after uh, he's done with Hopsquatch. So we're excited about that. That's great. Yeah, I wish yeah. I lived closer to go to the Hopsquatches, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're but, always welcome. So, well, yeah, I'll have to plan it out and <laughs> make sure I stay in town on that Sunday. But right. you know, I think yeah. we'll be at Beachfoot for sure. You know. This summer, very so. good. But well, no, uh, no. Go ahead. Okay, no, I, I have, I'm not sure what hap- has happened with summer, so we're going to go ahead and and just chat a little bit about Bigfoot. So, um, if she comes on, we'll uh, we'll uh, holler at her. So, Sounds thanks good. for uh, tuning in, Tom. Good talk. Yeah, to you. I'll, be, I'll just gladly listen on the line here. So, thank you. All right, thanks, buddy. See you guys. So, um, you still there, Shane? Yeah, absolutely. I'm, okay. I'm, you know, I'm glad uh, Tom called in, or well, he listened to the show. But uh, uh, love Tom to death, man. Um, you know, many, you know, for those not familiar, familiar with Tommy Amarone, he's out of California, but uh, he he helps put on and organizes the Yakima Roundup event, and uh, he's quite the musician. He's written a ton of. Uh, Great music and songs, um, and a lot of people, especially with big in the big community, are familiar with uh, Tom and his music. Roger and Bob. 
<laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And uh, Tom was, uh, I saw Tom when the, he was traveling around with the Bobcat Goldthwait and they were promoting Willow Creek and uh, that, and then he, he had a, uh, a part in Willow Creek, which was cool. So um, I, and they, they had Willow, they played Willow Creek in Portland, not once, but, uh, but twice. So um, it was, it was, they had done some tweaks to it in between the first and second showing. So there was like 300 and something people in the, the Baghdad theater for the second showing. So they were, uh-huh. I know it was the biggest, biggest uh, turnout that they had had. And Bobcat was, was uh, appreciative. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, really was. Um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, so the, Last weekend they had the the first ever um, habituation summit up in uh, Washington, and I didn't make it. A couple of my friends uh, made it. Uh, our friend Guy actually was speaking at at the event, and uh, one of the interesting things that I mean for me that came out of it is uh, that I've heard about is, is a doctor uh, Matt Johnson talking about uh, when Adam Davies and John Carlson were at visited so uh, that he has made the claim that that uh, that they witnessed a portal open up uh, right there in the area where where uh, they camp and uh, I find I mean I, I was I've been to SOA I went with Dr. J and Mike Beers um, and I did not experience any any activity like you know that I would call out of the normal other than we had some interesting activity uh at the food bowls as I've talked about before and and uh finding an apple moved down the trail that uh mm-hmm. looked like it must have been car- it, it obviously wasn't hadn't been rolled there it was interesting but but the con- the idea that uh that uh um, portals and and that kind of stuff just is is uh, beyond me, I don't, you know, I've not had any kind of experience like that. Shane, you, you see any portals out in the woods yet? You know, I've yet to see a portal or uh, anything uh, paranormal in that fashion. I've never, uh, I haven't yet to come across anything like that. And I've yet to in- interview anybody that has had that experience, um, mm-hmm. whether it's portal or some of the other phenomena that's, uh, that uh, Matthew's talking about. Uh, so for me personally, no, not yet. Uh, I think I've had plenty of opportunity to do so, but maybe I'm just, you know, maybe my head's not in the right spot. I don't know. Maybe I'm not quite on the same level uh, to experience that sort of thing. Well, that's one of the the things that people talk about when they they get into the the paranormal kind of stuff is that you know i've had people like show show pictures and that and 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 because i couldn't see what the they were claiming was in the picture then it was it had to do with uh that i i just uh needed to get in a better space and and um uh, you're going to take a picture of you know jane jane goodall didn't need to be in a particular space to get pictures of gorillas so mm-hmm. I, I don't. I mean, it, a picture is a picture to me. So, um, right. Let, you know, the the idea that it it somehow is is a re- related to uh, your vibration or your, you know, I that 
I'm just not there. So, and I've not had, like you say, I haven't had experiences like that. And, and, uh, I mean, I respect to the people that, that, that claim that as an experience. That's, that's fine. It's just not, I, I, I can't, it can't be proven. And, uh, oh, but best case scenario, you're going to get interesting anecdotal stories out of, about it. And worst case scenario, it, it's complete, you know, it's not, it's fabricated or imagined. Right. So, but uh, yeah, enough, enough of this, enough of this field is fabricated and, 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 and that's why so many laugh at it. Uh, I think the vast majority of sightings encounters and reports reflect something a lot more flesh and blood or, or without all the, <clears throat> uh, paranormal, um, you know, encounters. I, like I said, uh, I've interviewed tons of people and never had anybody um, mention that, you know, anything. But like I said, maybe, you know, I, I've just never, I've never personally come across that. I haven't interviewed anybody and and whatnot. But you know, there's 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 there is there are those out there that that do claim this stuff and uh, uh, right. some well respected individuals as well. So you know, I don't know. Right. I mean, there. there... I'm not saying that it, it's not possible. It's just not been my experience, and and uh, I think it, right now, I mean, for me, I'm I'm looking for a flesh and blood um, animal that that leaves behind footprints and and you know uh, and hair and and um, I the the concept of of uh, a paranormal creature running around in the woods is I guess maybe that's maybe I'm just not ready to grasp that idea. <laughs> as opposed to, you know, when <laughs> well, it's, a, it's, it's enough that there's a big hairy uh, uh, ape out there that we we have difficulty finding. <laughs> the idea that it, it it can jump through a portal and uh, go somewhere else is kind of. I mean, maybe it just freaks me out too much. You know, that that's a freaky idea to me. Like, so yeah, I, know there was I don't a know. Data yeah. that's proven. I'm done. I'm just done. I'm out. <laughs> if that, yeah. You know, it just doesn't. Oh. Uh, it won't interest me anymore. I, I fully yeah. believe that we're just we're dealing with a super intelligent. Um, what exactly? I'm not sure. I call it a primate, uh, whatever. But uh, I think it's flesh and blood. It's another uh, animal of the woods that's just been out there for so long. You know, it's 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 born in the, in these in the woods. It knows how to survive. It knows how to just, uh, stay gone when it wants to. Uh, you know, it, I don't think it needs any help with portals or anything like that. Personally. And I don't think I, you know, uh, you could follow uh, you know, one of the things a lot of people argue about is, well, I only find one one impression or one track. Where did it go? Well, you know, uh, a lot of times you'll find that with um, bear or deer or a lot of your your just your average animals in the woods. And and uh, you know, like Derek Randall says, you know, where there's one impression, there's always another. It may not be looking like what you perceive it to be, but there's always some some evidence of a, a track line or a trail. So. It doesn't just vanish into thin air. It goes the terrain and the whole nine can do away with a lot of the impressions. And sometimes you just find that that one or that two or you know five to ten or whatever. In very rare circumstances, right. do you find hundreds? You know. But uh, like I said, you know, it's, yeah, it's uh, I I don't argue with those those people because I just I wasn't there and I didn't experience that. Um, and live and let live, I guess. I just I have not come to find any of that evidence uh you know like uh like so many chat mentioned let's just you know prove they exist to begin with and then uh, we can cover all the other stuff later 
Right. And that's, I mean, that's, it, it, it was, um, what I, one of the things I find interesting is that I have not seen where Adam Davies has come out publicly and, and, and uh, flatly denied. Because, I mean, uh, for me, if, if on my trip to SOA, we'd come back and, and Dr. J had said, you know, Gunner and Gunner saw a portal and I knew that I had not, I would certainly come out right away and say, uh, no, I did not. I mean, I would refute or refute that if if that was the case. So I don't. I'm that. I find that interesting that he hasn't come out and just flatly denied, you know, hey, that that, that encounter or that what what Doctor mm-hmm. J is saying he experienced. So uh, I haven't. I don't know about John Carlson yet. If he, uh, um, I haven't seen anything. I've been kind of. I was out in the woods, so I haven't been following closely. But I know there was a long. There's. Um, it's been banter for uh, the coalition uh, Facebook group. I'm sure that they, you know, they they like anything that uh, they can jump on Dr. J about. But it is it does make for an interesting amount, you know, interesting conversation. But that that is a real stretch for me, you know, portals and. But anyway, yeah, it's, I, well, I mean, it's just not something, you know. The vast majority, I mean, let's be honest, the vast majority of sightings and stuff, there's none of that mentioned, you know. There's none of that that portal. I mean, that portal stuff is, well, I mean, for me, it's just, it's new. It's it's something that's developed over uh, these latter years of Bigfoot, you know, and people will argue the point, but I've just, uh, the vast, you know, it doesn't, you know, here, for example, there's a report um, recently of something uh, near, you know, near Tillamook of an uh, individual, um, you know, a semi that was coming up a hill, and um, this lady was going down towards Tillamook, and she saw what she thought was a bear at first, and then when she got closer, it's about 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, saw this 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 Sasquatch or this you know hairy man with its hand up on the hood of this semi. Like the the guy had come to screech and stop and 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 um, almost hit this thing and this you know or perhaps did a little bit and she couldn't believe what she was seeing and it hobbled across the road and disappeared. She pulls up to the the driver and the driver you know she's like, he's like what the f did we just see and she's like I don't know and she was kind of freaked out so she just drove on and the driver was just stopped there. Why would something? I mean just for for argument's sake you know there's there's a ton of reports like this. Similar, anyways. Mm-hmm. Why, why, uh, if it, something in portal in and out, why would it cross road and possibly kill itself or get hit or you know? I mean, why cross in front of the road? I and mean, just the portal thing does not make any sense to me. I'm sorry, it just doesn't. And like okay. I said, I I'm not experienced this sort of thing. There's just too many encounters where someone shot at one or possibly shot one or you know they're seeing something flesh and blood that's that's hunting, that's just doing what I would expect something of this nature to do in in the wild you know right. to use portals and all that shows such an intelligence defies i mean it defies logic uh, for it to be doing what it's doing you know it just doesn't even make sense right. to me yeah well it doesn't i mean but and and without getting into the whole science of of uh, moving you know of dimensions and and portal travel and, and whether or not that's even possible. And, and have, like you said, why, why would a, uh, uh, 
being that has that kind of abilities um, do menial stuff that, that people see it doing. Like, you know, like you said, walking across the road. If I could walk, if I could get from point A to point B via portal or 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 walking over mountains and, and such. Um, or throw rocks or possibly right, hit trees yeah. with sticks. And it just, that, that, it just, it doesn't add up. It just does not add up. Why make stick structures or, or uh, you know, people claim that they possibly do? Why do all of uh, the stuff that – and then, of course, it jumps into a portal. I, I, I don't know. It's I, I find right. it – but that's just – you know, like I said, it's just me. I'm not going to slam somebody for what they claim they've seen or saw or experienced, but it just, it just sure. defies logic to me. No, I, I, and I I have to agree. I mean, I, until I, but I mean, I, I I still know people. You know, I I know you. You've claimed a sighting of a Bigfoot. I believe you, but I still reserve two percent. I'm only at ninety eight percent until I see it myself. Now, if you're going to try and convince me that of a portal, I I definitely going to have to see it myself before you know I jump on board with that. So, I, I mm-hmm. you know it's an interesting. It's interesting because the whole, um, you know, it's interesting because I knew uh, Matt Johnson, like, when he was, uh, at one point he was a hardcore aper, flesh and blood, and and it was interesting because he was so adamant. If you uh, brought up anything paranormal, you were an idiot and a nutcase and had no business in Bigfooting. And then there was a period of time where I had not, you know, we were out of contact. And I actually ran into him at Beachfoot, what was it, 2011, I think. Um, and uh, um, he was, uh, he had, uh, had was now talking about paranormal stuff. And I was, I was taken aback a little bit. It's like, wow, what happened to him that, you know, that he, uh, and now, and now he's just as kind of rabid about it, you know, and it, one of the things that always disturbs me with people when they're presenting any kind of evidence that has to do with Bigfoot is, you know, take take my it's true because I say it's true, and then they get really defensive and in your face if you want, you know, if you pursue a line of questioning with them because extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and and yeah, and now <laughs> you know if somebody if you're going to make that claim. Be prepared to. You, you got to know that people are going to question about it, and a, a lot of people are going to um, mock you about it because they they're going to dismiss it out of hand. But but to have reasonable questions about it, you know, you got to be prepared to answer. I mean, if you just say, you know, if somebody questions you, you get pissed off and and right. And that's get the thing. Really you got to be able to answer questions and not and not be get pissed off. Uh, Ramble's cracking me up in the chat room because he brings up in he brings up some valid points. You know, uh, why not portal? Uh, why how come people don't see portals in your home? You know, why not portal into somebody's home and portal out? Well, it's funny you mention that because I think Matthew Johnson has claimed that that's kind of happened. Am I incorrect there, Gunner? Um, well, it's I think it's pretty open now that that, that Doctor J. I mean, he has told me that they've come into yeah. his house invisible and and uh, done stuff and he, he posted a video a while back of, of orbs in his bedroom that he was claiming I believe he thought they were they were squatches as orbs. So 
And I, I mean, that's, that's until I see an orb tournament again, if, you know, keep, and I, there's a, there's some of that too, the people talking about orbs and Bigfoot together or, you know, lights in the sky and, and Bigfoot together until I see that. I mean, even those are two separate events. So even yeah. if there happens to be a, a, a flying saucer in the area, unless I see a Bigfoot beam out of it or come down out of it or, or steering the ship, it's two separate events. So well, are they even seeing a Bigfoot? I mean, uh, another right. comment in chat is, are they actually even seeing a Bigfoot? Uh, you know, uh, everybody kind of, you know, because we have this box of what Bigfoot's supposed to look like. Uh, what are what are they seeing? You know, I mean, are they seeing a Bigfoot? Right. Are they seeing something different? Uh, are they seeing anything at all? <laughs> right. So I, I'm blind in chat right now, just so you know. I can't see it. It locked me up, so I'm not seeing what people are posting. So you, you're in charge of chat, buddy. Okay, well, they're calling you all sorts of names right now, but uh, I, won't, I won't include those. Yeah. Okay, well, I appreciate Fuck. you uh, being yeah. being kind. I'm looking out for you. Well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> thanks. You got my back. Um, but but uh, anyway, that you know, it, it was a, it, it was an interesting. Um, it was interesting for me because um, Matt had actually called me um, after right after Adam had been and John had been down there with him and told me about this this incident or what he's now reporting and swore me to secrecy and, and like, not, Hey buddy, I ain't, you know, that's yours. If you want to share that, that's cool. You know, and that, um, uh, believe me, I'm not going to, that, that's not something I'm going to run around and tell everybody. So, um, right. But he is, you know, his story is still consistent with what he, what he's saying now is consistent with what he told me at the time. So, I I don't get it. I mean, I it's uh, is it's just hard for me to grasp. You know, like you said, if that if that's if that's the nature of Bigfoot, count me out too. So <laughs> yeah, because I don't need Bigfoot sneaking up behind me in a portal. You know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, basically all the evidence. Up, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, basically all the evidence that I've managed to accumulate over time and the witnesses I've talked to and the people I work with, uh, we're not seeing this sort of behavior or uh, sightings of this nature or this not, you know. And, uh, you know, I know those that will, will probably argue the point that we're just doing it wrong. Well, I, I disagree, but, you know, that's their opinion and whatnot. Uh, I spend, Gunner, you know how much time I spend out in the field and how much time I spend studying the subject, and I've just not, you know, experienced any of that, you know. Uh, I, have I experienced fear? Yes, I have. Have I felt paralyzed at times? Uh, one time I did, and it was because I was that fearful. But wasn't I wasn't being zapped or sizzled or whatever some of these coin terms are. Uh, it, I walked myself out of it. Um, but I didn't didn't see lights. I didn't see uh, any of this stuff. I'm I'm not since I've seen what I experienced in over and in, in recorded audio wise and all that is a living, breathing, flesh and blood creature that uh, that that's out there that doesn't need all this extra um stuff added to it it's I, I think it's it's simple and but yet not so simple you know well we're talking yeah i mean it and it, it i mean it's interesting stories <laughs> but it adds, adds, a, adds a little bit of flavor to uh big footing is it you know not only do some people think that they're uh 
we've got a large uh, unknown or unclassified primate running around the woods that they have these other abilities. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, most uh, recently, we uh, we were out at our uh, research area a couple not not uh, this weekend, but a couple weekends ago, and and got uh, and what and and uh, we had about I think it was just about quarter to ten uh, in the evening, and and uh, had a long howl, and uh, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking for, and. And uh, we actually got a recording of it, and uh, I know that Larry is going through uh, some of the uh, going through the auto recordings, and has some other interesting tidbits on there that that uh, he actually takes and and puts them on a spectrograph, and and can look for anomalies and stuff, and uh, uh, and compare it to known, known animals versus you know. So uh, he was saying that the, that how looks really uh unusual looks like it it wasn't we all at the time like said that's not a coyote you know it wasn't anything that uh jumped out at us so uh, that's the kind of stuff and i think he had some other items that that came up on the the uh um, recording he was talking about hearing you know branches uh, brush breaking and stuff uh, of course, that, that that in itself is is interesting, but not anything conclusive. Because of course, other known animals uh, break brush, and and uh, so you almost have to toss that stuff out unless you have something corroborating to go with it. So, yeah, but it's all it's data collected. You know, uh, it's just right. it's data collected. It's uh, you know patterns um that from this data that are revealed and you look for and uh, you zero in on an area and you get the amount of you know data in some of these areas coming out is phenomenal and uh you know hopefully one day it'll you know all the pieces to the puzzle will be added up uh for that day of discovery uh, you know that's something Lint project does and we're doing is collecting a lot of data you know i do believe right. that we're working you know that positive and that this sort of stuff uh it will be compelling and it is compelling you know i think a lot of aspects because you can look at you know especially with you know like audio and whatnot you can look at what's out there and compare it to that and is it that well you can rule out a lot of stuff you can't exactly say exactly what it is but you can rule out a lot of uh, uh what it is not and uh, right we're doing just that i mean we got we got some you know what's really neat is that with the Tillamook Group and Limit Project as well, is we're we're trying new ideas. You know that there's we have new members uh, that are that bring their backgrounds and intellect into the discussion, and we we you know our endeavors and whatnot are perpetuated from this, uh, and we, we're trying new things. You know, one of our uh, we got quite a few plans uh, with remote camping and remote camp setup um, and long-term audio. And, and stuff of that nature that I think, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, we're not the only ones that say this. There's tons of other researchers out there that, that talk about this, but uh, nobody gets paid to do this. If somebody actually paid or could just spend the amount of time out needed, uh, perhaps we get a little bit closer, you know, and uh, fortunately we all have day jobs and whatnot, and uh, 
in live, so that all gets in the way. But uh, we, you know, the amount of time we do spend in the field, I think, is noteworthy, and um, it's in the right direction. Uh, we're going things the right way, I believe. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting because uh, Tanya's friend Eddie uh, was out with us, and you've been out with Eddie before. Uh, oh, fantastic guy! Yeah. And he is. Yeah, and he is, I mean, he is a consummate outdoorsman, you know, hunter, fisherman, hiker, backpacker dude, and, and I was talking to him, mm-hmm. and the longest, he's at, it, the longest he's ever been out of, in the woods is a week. So that's yeah. these 51 weeks that are uncovered by, you know. Um, and he's had, some, you know, some unusual things happen, he's, he said, but but uh, not any, the most, most unusual, which... Uh, had been shared with me when he first when it first happened is they he was out with a buddy and uh his buddy's first hunting trip I think and they were taking some pictures at night and when they were reviewing the pictures they were they see these two red round circles look like eyes. I mean that uh, behind like um above this like they had a good sized tent. It was I think he said it was like six feet tall and the these eyes would have been above that considerably. Um, so they actually went looking around. I mean, it kind of freaked them out because they're like, wow, there was, you know, <laughs> we were taking a picture of, here I am taking a picture of my buddy and something's looking at him behind this tent. So, and the move, the eyes had moved, you know, and I'm, I'm quotationing eyes. I'm putting quotations around <laughs> the eyes, but these two, two red, and I saw the pictures and they did look like these two red eyes at the time. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I had never met Eddie and, and I, I needed the context of like to see a daylight picture in the same area. It's like, cause, uh, what's, what's right behind there? Is it something in a tree? You know? Um, but he, he was saying that that, you know, it would have, it was a clear area behind there where it would have had to have been something tall, um, yeah. in behind there. So. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, you know. Eddie Eddie's awesome because he he's he's very skeptical because um, mm-hmm. he's he's a lifelong hunter you know I've been out in the field with him up towards say you know Mount St Helens area uh, going over some of uh, the encounters that have happened out in that area uh, interviewed a couple of his uh, well I interviewed a buddy of his that had uh, you know an encounter out there where something was just screaming at him from the top of the hill and thrashing around and and whatnot uh, that. You know, something he, that his buddy had never encountered uh, that uh, defied anything he's ever encountered. And so, it, you know, he said, you know, I, it didn't seem like any known animal that I've ever encountered out this area. So Eddie, you know, he's interested and very skeptical. Uh, but like I said, you know, survivalist, outdoorsman, um, smart guy, man. I mean, just super smart and honest. And uh, so I was glad to bring, I was, you know, glad that he... Uh, uh, to the area where I had my encounter, because I like that, that that fresh set of eyes, especially with somebody uh, with the background that he has. Right. I mean, it, I, I I like I like uh, as you know, I'm I'm pursuing trying to to uh, make contact with a primatologist here in the state, and because uh, I I really like the idea of, of having people that aren't don't have a may not that have no Bigfoot skew at all, looking at mm-hmm. at things that I would love the, the 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 professor that I'm I'm trying to reach is actually a, a her area of expertise is bioacoustics so 
that's right up our alley. And, you know, it, it'd be awesome to have somebody of that caliber and that discipline um, look at look at the audios and tell tell uh, me that tell, yeah. tell us well you know it's this it's either this or or it's something completely different and uh, you know and uh, I, I see huge value and and uh, in the case with Eddie his outdoors experience to me is invaluable and we had uh, had an incident up in uh, our research area where. Uh, there was a, a vocalization that was described as a quote-unquote bark that uh, that several of our, our members heard, and then um, Tanya's dog, Logan, responded to it uh, by tucking his tail and 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 running back to camp and, and uh, then whining a good part of the evening. And mm-hmm. everybody that I, I described that behavior to said apex predator in the area. And then um, Tanya had heard a recording on the, actually on the Olympic Project website that she said, that's that's what I heard. And I actually had her have Eddie listen to it because because he had an unbiased, you know, um, input. And he, he heard yeah. it and like said, yeah, that wasn't, it wasn't, re- it wasn't recording of what was heard in our camp exactly, but she said it was what she heard it was similar, so and he said that was not anything that he was familiar with, um, the way that it had been vocalized. So, pretty cool. I mean, I, it's it's great to have um, um, other people give us input. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, regardless different, different. of of what people are witnessing and experiencing, uh, I think one can at least uh, come to the conclusion that this stuff is very rare. You know, uh, we're talking about, you know, Eddie, for example, uh, lifelong hunter, uh, you know, specifically in Washington, that's never come across any of this paranormal stuff and and may have had uh, some other odd stuff happen to him that, you know, can be explained away. But some of his friends that have encountered stuff, lifelong hunters, uh, you know, that have experienced odd stuff, you know, you know, it's, it's rare. When you say odd you know, stuff, it, though. You, when you're saying odd stuff, you mean odd sounds. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean you're not talking about aspect. right, right. Well, I mean, they, they have Sorry. not experienced that. So you know, I've interviewed hunters and you know lifelong hikers and blah 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 that have never experienced any of the paranormal aspect of stuff. You know, uh, like I said it's a small. That's even smaller percentage than than the sightings and uh, the encounters reported. So it, overall, I mean, it's all small percentage of, of this stuff. Right. So for every hundred or two hundred, I wonder what that percentage is of like of what percentage do paranormal reports comprise of all Bigfoot reports? And I I would imagine it's pretty minuscule. I mean, though yeah. so there's some people that have some, you know, interesting. Interesting stuff happened, I'm, but like you say, yeah. um, um, you know the numbers. I mean, plain and simple, the numbers show something more physical, something without the paranormal aspect. I mean, that's just the numbers. You know, uh, I don't know. I just have a hard time. Um, I have a hard time 
swallowing the whole paranormal aspect of it when when I can talk to people that spend a lot more time in the woods and stuff that when they experience something they're they're blown away but yet they describe it as being uh, you know a physical entity a physical animal or or with something none, of that with nature no, yeah with none with, of the with other nothing, aspects with none right. of the you know I don't see something jumping in out of a portal to grab an elk or a deer when someone's hunting or you know uh, throw rocks at somebody it just none of that stuff makes sense to me it just doesn't make sense right. I you know I. <laughs> I I just I don't get it because I I spend hundreds of hours in you know unless these people are just uh, lucky and uh, whatnot I don't know what to say. Right. Well, that's interesting. Is when so my my other question about that is why if somebody goes out that side and they're they're experiencing. They're, all all their Bigfoot experiences are paranormal. Yeah. Um, what that that's interesting to me because that seems skewed. You know, now, now they're saying it's 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 a relationship between them and and these beings, and that's and it's uh, um, and I mean you know it, it's possible that there's there's some other entity out there that is is moving in and out of portals and which doesn't make any more sense than, than if it was a Bigfoot. But, um, I mean, if you want to get into, you know, uh, uh, Christianity and maybe maybe something's messing with them um, that isn't of this plane but, but isn't a Bigfoot, I, mean, uh, I, I don't know. That, that, that's another possibility that is for another show altogether. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. Got, but I think we have a caller. Do we want to take him? Yeah, let's go ahead. All right. I believe it's our good buddy Larry, a uh, fellow researcher out of um, Oregon here. And, along, you know, we, we go to Tillamook. So uh, let's see. Uh, Larry, are you there, Larry? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Larry, how you doing, right. man? Pretty good. Did you guys have a fun weekend, eh? Yeah, we did, man. Yeah, we, we missed you out time. there. Yeah, we missed you yeah. out there. Well, I was with you in spirit. Yeah, I know you were. And yeah, I do have some audio for you to uh, uh, look at, uh, and we'll okay. uh, get it up there on this, you know, spectrograph and look at it. Yeah, I did send a few audio recorders your way, so there's a few gig to look at. Yep, absolutely. Well, Larry, since we got you here and we're talking about, um, like, hard data, what what is the process that, can you describe the process that you use when you're going through, like, I mean, because there's times we're we're out there and we've got have ten recorders going at the same time, and you do a, a vast majority of the, the processing of that audio. And what what is it? What can you describe the process that you use to to uh, look for anomalies and and uh, uh, process? Sure. I mean, analyze the data. Basically, uh, when we do our recorders, every recorders uh, for our nights that we're out there, we set a pretty much set our time, say about seven eight o'clock. By the time that's finished or the batteries die, that's two gig, two point one gig of audio recorded. That's a lot of audio. But what I do with our recorders, 
is when we get back home is I download them on my computer and put them on the spectrogram. I'm at a point now where I can pretty much tell you, I could show, I was showing Shane a few days, but here's an owl. There's what a coyote looks like. Um, you know, and they're different signatures. And I can whip through like a 28-minute file in about five minutes, um, just visual, not even listening. And it's an anomalous uh, signature that's out of the realm of no animal signatures. Then I zero in on it. I make a copy of that. And then I sent it to a, uh, a someone, uh, David Ellis. He looks at it, kind of a confirmation. And I don't tell him. Well, actually, I send them. The, sometimes I'll send them the whole file and say, "Hey, I got good stuff." It's the exact stuff that I have. That's re, you know, that's kind of a reputability type thing. And it's a blind. It's blind. He has no idea what he's what he's looking for other than cool stuff. That makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean. So the audio, I mean, it, break, it breaks it up into um, into files, and the files, in, right. the individual files are files are how long or what what size are those? They're I think they're sixty four meg files, twenty eight minutes. I think that's what they are. Gotcha. So so it breaks it up into pieces so that it's a little easier to right. Except to go for through. the zooms, I have to the zooms, I have to. Uh, I have to break uh, because they're a full to get filed. So, so I have to split. I mean, initially, uh, so you do you have a a database of of known animal sounds that you can compare them to? I mean, yeah, I'm starting this to collect one. one. David's got a real good one too, so he also looks. And there's so I can't remember what university, but there's also a university that has a database as well. That we so, um, look at. So you listen. You listen to uh, uh, known animal sounds. As, I mean, you've been in the you're an outdoorsman. You've been in the woods all your life. But yeah. So you have a you have a you have a base knowledge anyway of of animal sounds. But but right. it, but for but for purposes of an, you know analyzing, you you actually can look at sounds being being run through a spectrograph and uh, and see signatures of ani- of known animals, which I'm sure there's lots of those um, on the recordings. And then you can see, you, you look for things that fall outside of, of known yeah. frequency. <clears throat> you could take it and, like, yes, exactly. Uh, basically, on any given night or day, there's animals going off in the woods and they have their own signatures. That's what I would call baseline. Um, that's normal noises. You have barred owls. You have uh, sometimes there'll be birds going off. Uh, a new signature I found, which I hadn't seen before, was frogs. <laughs> I was going, "What is this?" And it was going on for like 15 minutes, and then uh, it was a new signature I hadn't seen. And so now I got that in my database. And. They're, uh, matter of fact, uh, I'll give you an idea. One of the coolest signatures of, in the early morning would be the uh, birds when they started going. Each bird has their own resonance frequency um, and look on the, the spectrograph. And then, the, like the morning songbirds, their their signature literally looks like musical notes. It's quite fascinating. And you can go right down to a species. In a uh, when. 
you look at stuff, what what percentage of of uh, of audio recording that you get of of animals? What percent of that would be known animals that you can dismiss right away? I'd say about at least sixty percent. So there's, you're saying forty percent of of the the animal sounds that you hear fall outside of normal animal sounds, or well, looks, I, I'm sixty percent. I can just I can just zip right by because I know what the it's just it's just a normal animal, uh, you know, like a coyote, gotcha. a barred owl, a, a fox, or whatever. And then the ones right. that are a little bit harder to identify, then I go back and I I weed that weed that out. And so I'm looking at some file data right now. And like say for on a sixty three point nine meg file, which is a twenty eight minute file, I misspoke there earlier. I've got uh, one, two, three. I got four anomalies on one file, and these ones here I got to go back. On average, it's about four anomalies. Uh, one file I've got eight anomalies. Um, so those are ones I have to go back and reanalyze. The one so, I find I mean, anomalous uh, signatures that are outside of the norm of what we're accustomed to, what I'm accustomed to seeing, and then I go back and, and look further. And your so basically your your job is to eliminate um, the sounds, I mean to actually to put them into something that's known, and then you know occasionally you find something really interesting. Exactly. And, and I mean, you've looked, I, by now you've listened to thousands of hours of audio. Oh geez, yeah. 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 So like, uh, I want. I went through like uh, 20, 28 files or something like that a few days ago. I did that, I think it was in an hour. And during that time, uh, out of of 28 files, nine of those had anomalous signatures that I got to further investigate. So that's... um, and everyone, like, like I said, I've heard some of that. We, it's funny because the first time we went out, um, you were really pretty green at at the the whole audio thing because we we uh, had uh, it was Cindy and you and and I and we uh, had some activity and you had that was your your first experience with your uh, Tascam, the maiden uh, flight, <laughs> maiden flight. And and what we describe that as an epic fail, because not yep. only did did your recorder record for about a second and a half, um, neither <laughs> Cindy and I were were both were both so impressed with your Tascam that we the recorders that we had we never even turned on. So we uh, um, and we had two hours of weird audio stuff. You know, we call it the crescendo night because it ended at midnight with this loud blah 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 and a whole bunch of crazy activity. So um, I, 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 that, I almost thought I was going to see a grown man cry when you went through got to get your recorder. Um, and that was, that was me that was going to cry. But, uh, um, but it was, it, it was a, a crazy, uh, and, and you've come along. I mean, that's, that's been a good year and a half ago. And, you know, you yeah. just added to your, your, uh, your, and then we hooked you up with David Ellis at the OP, 
and uh, you guys are like birds of a feather. <laughs> yeah. Connected yeah. right away, and and share we share data back and forth, and and um, I you know I know I knew that David was an audiophile, and that his you know you guys would get along, and and that he would be able to um, um, that he's a great guy, and he would be able to help you um, come along, and and uh, and you're such a student and a little, oh, maybe a little OCD um, that that you would take with, uh, you would have leaps, grow leaps and bounds by working with David, which you have. I mean, it's crazy. You just... And don't forget that I do this stuff for a living with measurements and stuff, so it was easy for me to train with David because I already understood frequency, time, um, this type of stuff. I mean, uh, if I wanted to, I could... I could pick a file of a, a signature, say, for instance, a call, take it to work on a real spectrum analyzer in, in a high-end oscilloscope and actually uh, make that a fingerprint, which would be undeniable and unique to that individual, which I'm working on some other areas within those lines, but that's another topic. Well, that and one of the things that, you know, I respect about you is you and and like about your research approach is that you're always um, looking for how to take it forward. And and uh, early on, you were talking. We talked about the possibility of being able to identify individuals by think by voice print, basically. And uh, exactly. I know that you're pursuing that. Yeah, I've lived, you know, every, just like everything else, it's this is a a sideline. It's a hobby that that because uh, if we, I think. Again, if we had access to the, you know, best best uh, software and the best equipment to to record and process uh, the data, it would move things along faster. Because you're you're working with a a, fair, a a decent software that does the job, but there there are softwares out there that that uh, definitely uh, have more uh, power and more ability to. Um, that are better. I mean, there's some. What, what's the one that that uh, you'd like to have? Uh, oh, oh boy, what was that? Uh, Raven. Yeah. Uh, Raven's a real good one. Yeah, and that, and it and I'm it costs. Still kind of working on what? it. I think this one here, eight hundred or four hundred, someone like that. Yeah. So. <clears throat> there's different levels, but if I wanted the best one, you have to pay for it. Right. There's another software I'm going to evaluate right now that uh, uh, will be really good for uh, voice print uh, identification, uh, and that would be a cop. I'm actually splitting up a couple of files now of two individuals, and I got them split off. And when I get this software, if, if it pans out what I suspect, they'll be unique from one another. And no two voices, just as you and I talk or anybody else. There, it's going to be completely unique to that that individual, whatever it is. I can tell you what it's not. And that's the yeah, and that's the uh, the interesting the scientific process of like putting. Now it's like you got all this data. You know, how do you get it organized? How do you like separate out? Because um, we've had some weird. Um, what are some examples of the the strange stuff that you hear on uh, on the recordings that come out of our research area. 
Um, why don't we get, uh, I'm going to, for lack of a better term, chatter, or we'll call it verbiage. I get, we get stuff that's like whoop, like they say, come sit, but it could be something else. Lots of different verbiages, uh, different octave. Uh, matter of fact, um, I've heard in the, in the files where it's like a, a male-ish type of whoop, and now there's a female type of whoop with different octaves and stuff, different frequency uh, range. Um, uh, whistles, uh, massive tree knocks, you know, if you want to call it that, and there was nothing around, and voice just goes on and on. Uh, mimicking a different animal, uh, bird calls, which is really interesting. That was a new one. Uh, different types of ranges and whistles. Um, so when you say is, it's mimic, how can you tell? For for so enlighten me. How, how when you're looking at something and you say that that sounds like a known animal, but it, you're saying it it's a mimic. How can you tell that that's a mimic versus? It's the frequency the where it's falling. That would so basically, I mean, it shows up differently on the spectrograph. Than, exactly. That right and. It's the frequency and time uh, time uh, that the whistles carried out. The signatures are totally different than what that bird that's closest to it would be. Well, in the in the uh, the the signature, basically the amplitude, which is the power, the time. That's how long it goes, and then the frequency of where it sits on the on the uh, the graph. So you were talking about you you do this for a living, and um, yeah. what is what is it exactly that you you do? Because you you bring some unique uh, qualifications to uh, any Bigfoot group, but uh, we're fortunate I to have you. I'm a metrologist. I'm a metrologist. My job, a metrologist, is the science of measurement, and um, that's it's a traceability science, and. For instance, uh, say, for instance, you're looking at a bridge. Metrology is necessary to, to calibrate and test all the equipment with regards to building the concrete pillars on the bridge, for instance, because they have to break at a certain point. If it's not calibrated, then the concrete's too weak and people die. So the bridge would come down. That's just one example. Um, and then this, this discipline that I'm in goes across vast. Uh, Industries, uh, NASA, for instance, uh, they require this. Uh, the power industry, the nuclear power industry, it goes on and on, but they need specific testing with data that they can have confidence in the equipment that they're using. And this goes, you know, high-end oscilloscopes, the same thing, all the time, and then uh, frequency generators that generate you know, frequencies measured with an oscilloscope. It's all traceable with the, the stuff that was used to calibrate those items going back to NIST in Boulder, Colorado, which is where our national standards are. So, so basically, if I if I measure something with and and it says it's an inch, you 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 determined what an inch was. Yeah, I have actual <laughs> gauge block that is that is uh, that is so precise. I can tell you if that inch was really an inch or not. Yeah. So, and you have some unusual accreditations that that uh, I think uh, separate you from a lot of people in Bigfoot. <laughs> um, so, uh, aren't you accredited by NASA? 
Uh, yes, I am. I'm able to work on uh, their stuff with confidence. Uh, past one of their a uh, few of their audits, and this had to do with uh, signal generation and signal analysis. So that I mean that you're so so in your own right, you're a you're a scientist. You you every day make a living by uh, um, the science participant actively engaged in the the science of measurement. And repeatability, yes. So that's pretty My cool. My science has I mean, to be you're... repeatable. Gotcha. So that um, is that is that kind of part of the reason why you were so like interested in your because you were like the audio thing was was your baby and you you uh, really enjoyed that from the start because you it was more like you liked the process of. <laughs> What's that? Like a mop was more like a mop yeah. for the light. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love this stuff. Yeah. So, um, are you? What's good about uh, this I know that, particular science is it's irrefutable. Once you start getting going, it cannot be argued. You know, a frequency is a frequency. The time is time. The amplitude is amplitude. It cannot be ignored. And, it is and what it is. And that's the science that you're using on the audio um, data that that we gather out of out of our research area. Yes, so. and not just out out of our research area, but we're collaboration, uh, which I preach uh, within areas that <clears throat> there's a supposed activity. Collaboration is key because you can compare Absolutely. notes, sounds, and whatnot <clears throat> in these areas, and they actually reflect upon each other to something unknown. I mean, they just do. Right. And the end means is with this collaboration, um, I already found some repeatability of, of certain audibles, if you will. Already, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, Shane, and in another area I was telling you that take the separation of miles for the identical uh, vocal, if you will, was over a hundred miles. Was it? You remember that, Shane? Yeah, roughly um, hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so that that's quite a new. That is quite unique, and it's a very unique signature that's not to any known animal. Period. So that goes into oh. the the it's a, kind of a concurrent thing with the collaboration into the to the box of here you go. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily prove with, anything, but but prove the collaboration leads you in a direction of okay, well, we have similar um, sounds, uh, vocals, and whatnot. Uh, then you start leaning into well, what exactly are we hearing? What exactly is out there that is right. uh, different from any known animal or person? Exactly. Or actually, uh, I, I'm actually collaborating with uh, one, two, three other groups. So um, it's kind of cool putting the jigsaw puzzle together. But there is some um, like vocals, if you will, or like sounds. And it's covered quite a, quite a large uh, geographic area within the Pacific Northwest. Well, and, it, and you both touched on the collaboration thing, and that's 
that's we're all on board with that because that's my thing is we'll be the more collaboration we can have with people in different areas and and uh, and and through doing that we've already found very similar um vocalizations uh in in everybody that basically we've made contact with and uh yeah so it reminds me of it reminds me of impressions you know impressions found in one area that look exactly like uh, impressions found in another area whether they're tracks or whatnot you know that so if if you're claiming that a hoaxer is doing this well they would have to travel hundreds of miles and that that's what then what then they uh say hours of each other some of these files uh, the files of some of these ones I looked at were like within 20 hours mm-hmm. well, that's be, part of the value to be of, pretty quick yeah and, the, and some of and the value of audio is I mean how did somebody's going to go out in the woods and they, they saw Finding Bigfoot and they think it's cool to go out and scream and they're not going to be able to get in chain complete they're going to fall in human range so you can, you know, it, it makes it easier to, you can actually analyze the data where you can find footprints and people have may have, you know, faked it and maybe made dermal ridges with their, by putting their thumb in there or whatever, but um, that they're not going to, so, somebody going out and it's just like a, a pristine footprint that has all the, you know, it's like cripple foot. The, the bone, the break looks like what would be right. in that side of the foot. They and and with the the uh, bone structure that isn't exactly like a human foot, it matches up with what we suspect a, a squatch foot is. It's just uh, audio is like that. If I'm going around screaming, I I know when I'm screaming in the woods or or doing a call in the woods that I am not um, duplicating uh, uh, an actual what the animal in the woods makes that sound back at me is at. Um, in fact, I'm always concerned, you know, it's been, I've been concerned in the past, like, if I'm screaming and making a yell in the woods, I wonder, and, and they hear it, and I happen to be speaking their language, I, I'm concerned of what I'm actually saying, that they don't come in, you know. It's what, 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 what I'm inviting them. them. <laughs> What's that? I said you're still alive, so it wasn't an insult. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I mean, they probably just laugh and think it's some little girl Bigfoot screaming out there. So, yeah, but it, speak it, on that same thing. Is uh, mm-hmm. I have your uh, calls on file. So basically, sure you, yeah, including your grunts and all that stuff. But that that is like okay, that's Gunner. I mean, that's how good some of the software I'm using is. I can see Shane. Oh, there's Shane. Okay. It falls in a completely different frequency range. If you have to someday, I'll show you this, the files I'm breaking up of the two-minute call one. Um, total different signature, difference, frequency range, amplitude, everything. So you can pretty much, which is good. Yeah. Cool. As many of the um, uh, vocals and sounds heard in these areas that we record audio, we've recorded time and time again and they they just don't fit in in the parameter of something known i mean they're just uh no. especially not just the time of these vocals being um you know uh, recorded but the time of year and there's lots of scenarios there uh, in in 
this ultimately, I believe, builds into patterns uh, in these areas. You know, like a lot of the stuff we record are from the east, and we haven't exactly pinpointed why uh, from the east these recordings are coming. You know, we're getting there. I think we're getting closer, but uh, there's a lot of uh, patterns being developed, possibly. Exactly. And new, and actually new patterns uh, developing as well that we still have yet to understand. Well, that's exactly. kind of the whole, the whole purpose. And, and like, like the Olympic project, um, it's about creating some degree of, of uh, predictability because we're talking about uh, kind of a needle in a haystack process here to go out and actually have an encounter um, we happen to think we found an area that that there's fairly frequent activity in, um, but we've gone out and been you know skunked, and um, yeah, we've we, also been ran out had, of an area too. Well, we've had we've had a, all kinds of uh, we've had a, a large variety of um, activity that that is that duplicates other stories of of purported Sasquatch Bigfoot activity. I mean, we've had rock a rock tossed in our area. We've had whistling. We've had howls and screams. And I remember sitting in camp one evening, and it, it wasn't even dark yet, and we had the, I call it the Finding Bigfoot scream, you know, from oh, yeah. when... And I like, and sometimes it's just stuff. And we've had wood knots. We've had, you know, um, what we I, I can tell you what we I know we haven't had. We haven't had a portal open up in in uh, our area and anything walk out. Um, I suggest I that we have we, a portal walk open. We throw a rock in it. <laughs> the rock might just come back out. But I mean, it's it, so. I mean, it, but we have, um, you know, we've had a lot of. That's why we keep going back to that area. And uh, the value for us, I mean, we put up, we collect lots of audio data, data. So, um, and occasionally we have yeah. something else happen. You know that we've had, we've had a couple of visual somethings um, up there a couple of different times. But so, yeah, it, the red eye, the bat, we've had the red eyes too. Right. So. Um. Very interesting, and and uh, we we uh, appreciate the amount of time that you spend uh, looking looking at audio, and you really are literally looking at it. Um, I know we're uh, headed up to the. I know that Shane's going up to the Olympic project this next weekend. Uh, Larry, will you be going? I think I have to stay home. The boss's uh, birthday is that weekend. That's right. You that would Wife. that would fly over like a, a lead balloon, I suppose. I so, suppose I get fired. You might get fired. So, yeah. um, so I know that Shane and I are, are and uh, some of the other members of uh, our group, the Tillamook Forest Research Group, are headed up to the OP because they're having a, a public expedition in, this next week, weekend. So. Um, we're excited about that. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to get up there because I, you know, last time that there was a, an outing, I didn't get to go, and of course there was a possible um, sighting. And and then not only that, of course, Mr. Corson comes back with mm-hmm. something that sounds 
a whole hell of a lot like a gorilla uh, slapping its chest uh, in the woods nearby, you know, where he, like really close to where he was um, resting his head. So, yeah. Well, I have, I have other recordings from this area that uh, record something that sounds very primate-like. I mean, uh, what you would hear um, at the zoo uh, or listen to some of your recordings from, you know, known primates, gorillas and whatnot, they sound very very similar. Uh, I just don't see something that can that does this, you know, with this nature jumping in and out of portals and all that doesn't make any sense. It actually sounds ludicrous to me. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, <clears throat> I think at times because we cannot prove uh, yet to date that Sasquatch exists, people will start uh, reaching out going, okay, well, why not? Uh, there must be an explanation for this. And then the paranormal aspect comes into play and, uh, when you're op- once that door is opened, that Pandora box, uh, you see and hear and all sorts of stuff that uh, you truly believe you're seeing and hearing, but it's just not there. It, I, I've seen no evidence to date, you know, uh, that any of that stuff is even possible, and it and, and it really makes no sense. I look at nature for an example of what I I experience or have experienced. And it just fits, it's way more plausible uh, that we're just dealing with something that is uh, low in numbers, um, that is in areas uh, that are remote, and <clears throat> that uh, that doesn't need the paranormal aspect involved. It just, for me, it just seems rather simple. I, I don't know. I don't need to reach out and try and figure out that it may be paranormal. Uh I, let's prove they exist first, and then uh, we'll, we can delve into that uh, aspect of uh, supposed research and ideas. Yeah, I, you know, if I could interject a little bit in there, you're talking about the portal thing. I think there's two yeah. different things that are going on with regards to the subject. The paranormal aspect, and then you've got the UFO aspect, which then it's like, I don't think it's the same which it is yet. Um, yeah, I'm not in that camp. If I were to put my science hat on, a portal, if you would, would I couldn't even calculate the amount of parallels it would it would be to, to create one like a wormhole. What if, what those portals are? It's we can't comprehend the amount of energy involved to create something like that. So for me, I'm going with the flesh and blood thing. Well, just what I've experienced, what you've experienced, Larry, with countless witnesses I've experienced, the the paranormal aspect is it's a small niche, you know, uh, in the community or uh, those researching, you know. Um, I won't slam them because I wasn't there to experience what they experienced, but uh, by by no means I wouldn't consider myself what they call a newbie in the field. Uh, I've been out there, uh, you know, I say hundreds of hours. It's more like thousands of hours in 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 the woods and the fields and never experienced anything close to that and yes I did have an encounter so uh, you know jump to your own conclusions I, there just not experienced anything like that flesh and blood exactly. uh, something that is out there that that uh, is seen at times but by no means seen all the time obviously uh, and and is obviously has to be 
somewhat intelligent. You know, I mean, it has to be more intelligent than your average bear, cougar, elk, deer. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I don't. I just don't think it's rocket science. And I, you know, it's there. What it is, I, I don't know. I won't claim to know exactly what Sasquatch is, but uh, uh, the paranormal aspect doesn't play no part in my research at this point. It, I mean, it just doesn't. Well, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. Well, let's first prove that um, they exist, and then then let's figure out what what they are and what they're what they do. And why you know what why they do it? Then, like I said, if 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 uh, if they are if they were if they were paranormal, then you'd think that there'd be a lot more consistency in in paranormal reports of them stepping out of a port or stepping out of right. you know from nowhere into some nowhere. I mean that they just vanish and all that, and it does not seem like that's the case. The vast majority of reports tie to uh, a flesh and blood animal. So, um, yeah, I, that, I don't know. I'm yeah. That's, I'm hard, that's, hard. that's the bottom line. Is that's where the evidence uh, or uh, data collected at this point points to. Does it prove Sasquatch? No, it doesn't. But your anecdotal uh, stories and whatnot. That's that's where it points to. The the, the paranormal aspect, in my opinion. Uh, plays such a small role it's just and it's a you know people love to they love to lean on the native americans for this sort of stuff i mean they oh look at this look at that well even there the evidence is shallow in my opinion for that sort of stuff i mean you got some that say that uh the native americans you know from their, their history and reports say that it was a paranormal being but you got Many more that report that this is a flesh and blood creature that, uh, you know, did what it did when they were around, you know. And and we're talking about Native Americans that were living out there constantly because that's, you know, they were, they didn't have these developed houses and whatnot. They were moving around and and, uh, very much way more in tune with their environment than we are nowadays. You know, we're weekend warriors. We're weekend campers. We're week-long campers. We're not out there day in and day out trying to survive. We we're not doing that. Right. And and you know, they they refer to them as spiritual beings. Um I don't I don't know a lot of Native American uh stories that talk about them stepping about being uh, interdimensional or you yeah. know, they do say spirit beings, but what that means and how that's interpreted, I think that people take that and and say see that I mean it doesn't um, it does. It means that they were. It might. People take and bend what what they hear and what what uh, and half pieces to fit what they how they want to interpret it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't it's interpretation, mean, you know, right. So um, it it's just it's that, that to me is you know it, it, it's fine if that's and, and there's a large chasm and it seems like that. You know, there's a a vocal minority of people in the Bigfoot world that that um, talk about paranormal stuff, and it it used to be really kind of quiet, but it it definitely has um, uh, the the volume and intensity has increased, and and it's a wider chasm I think between 
papers and and paranormal list than it used to be. Um, so maybe it's frustration, you know, of not of not pro- being able to get the evidence, or or maybe it's impatience with not being able because it takes a whole heck of a lot of time to actually go through the science of collecting data, analyzing data, and that. So like Larry, like our old friend Larry does. And Larry, I, I want to thank you for coming on with us today. And and the kind of, we, uh, uh, for some reason, we our guests did not call in. So um, uh, we we always glad to talk to you and and uh, and pick your brain and uh, look forward to getting back out into our area with you very soon. So thanks for coming, buddy. Anytime, anytime. We're going to get ready to wrap up the show here. Um, Shane, what what uh, you're looking forward to the OP? You're headed up there um, later this week, and uh, absolutely, yeah. What, I know the the they're having uh, some sneakers this time, and it's and it's um, they're doing all uh, uh, all ladies speaking um, presentations this time. I know that our good friend. Cindy and Barb are speaking as well as um, Cindy Dawson. Diane, Cindy Dawson is so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Cindy's I I've known Cindy for a long time. Um, we both were at one time in the BFRO, um, and uh, she actually is processing um, DNA up, out of Canada. So that's really cool. Um, and so there's a resource yeah, that I mean, somebody has. I'm really looking forward to the ladies speaking this event. Uh, you know, uh, all of them are sound, rational individuals, some with uh, uh, encounters, like Cindy uh, Dosen, she's had an encounter, but uh, some of the others have not. But they, they approach the subject logically and with their background, some of them as anthropologists and whatnot, um, that, have, that are involved with even the BFRO are going to provide... Uh, phenomenal um classes uh and i you know i always look forward to listening to them uh, and learning something from them because they always bring something new to the table and uh you know i, I hope our the uh individuals attending the op will uh get out you know get as much out of it as i will because i know i'm going to get a ton of information and stuff that i've not heard before and uh you know we'll get time out in the field and they, the this op bent you know, is is a little bit smaller by um, the group size, but it's uh, this is a great time of year to be out there, and I've been out there a few times uh, since, you know, before this uh, expedition, and uh, it's uh, been exciting. So uh, I know it's going to be a great o- uh, Olympic Project event, and uh, the classes are going to be awesome. But uh, David Ellis and uh, Tom Baker and them are, are going to be speaking, you know, and um Derek Randalls and James Millian are gonna be speaking as well. And so it's uh you know, the majority of the speakers will be women. There will be some of the men stepping in to discuss uh backpack preparedness in the field and whatnot, so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's it's uh I I've been up there uh I was up there last year with March when we uh the first time that I went to a OP uh ex- public expedition. And uh, it was freaking cold. It got down like in the 20s overnight, <laughs> and uh, 
it was a little so I'm glad that we're going in May this year, so or this at least this time. Do you know that if uh the Olympic project has any any uh, future public expeditions scheduled? Not to my knowledge, not yet. Um, we, we're we starting to wean out of the public expeditions and, and focus more on our own personal uh, private expeditions. Um, so at this point, uh, there's no uh, word of uh, another public expedition. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. Uh, we really are, uh, you know, with the data and stuff we're, we're compiling, I think we're weaning down the public expeditions and trying to focus on what we're doing out in the field because uh, we're doing some good stuff and uh, there's uh, a lot of data being compiled. It's getting kind of crazy, so I'm excited about that. Right. Well, no, and they and and uh, information, you know, that and experiences. And the last time up, you were up there, um, it was seemed like an active time, and you've had some other stuff out there up there. So, well, this is about all the time we have this weekend for Monster X. Um, we have a show next Sunday at 4 p.m. Pacific, mm-hmm. and I hope that you will join us then. Um, we'll have, Shane and I will actually be on our way back from the OP, so we'll give you a, yep. uh, give you a, a rundown on what happened. And uh, until then, Remember, go to www.squatchcoffee.com and pick you up some Sasquatch coffee. Thanks, everybody, for listening.